Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 367. This is your guide to the geek side. And I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, from Very Melty, Minnesota. Joined by Charlie Carden, who will tell you all about the Michigan weather. Oh my goodness. You know what we see? The hills are alive with the view of dog shit, because that's what you see in your yard. And again, oh, are we going back to that old one, Charlie? <laughs> oh, you know what? It never gets old. Actually, it does get old, but it doesn't go away. Yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah, so we had, uh, we were kissing what we got right now. 52 degrees. Woo! It's good stuff. It's very exciting. What about Minnesota? Let me guess, Todd. You always got to one up me. Are you? Are you fifty three degrees? No, we're in the forties, but that's perfectly ah! fine. Moving on from the weather, because nobody cares about that, and the weather's already gone by the time people are coming on to the show. So we've got a fun episode for you. Uh, just the dynamic duo this week. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the amazing world of digital and sometimes having its limits in the Thunderdome. But before we get there, Charlie, you picked this cover, Amazing Spider-Man 367, which looks like the biggest mishmash of crap that I've ever it seen. It is. It is. I was reminded of the glorious uh, Shelbyville Outlet Mall from The Simpsons, uh, where the Simpsons have to get themselves a new TV, and they're looking at great models like Magnet Box and Sorny. Uh, you get, uh, it says right here, even if they survive the evil versions of Captain America, Hawkeye, and Spider-Man himself, the Web Soldier, and Solo, who is not Han Solo, but he's a guy in a green suit with, it's the 90s, so a lot of pouches, will have to deal with the Red Skull. This is from October of 1992. That was my junior year in high school, and I was a monthly subscriber, so I read this back in the day. Uh, I chose this instead of, um, you know, having girls like me. Oh, wait, I didn't choose that. It's just the way it was. But I was always reading my comics. But yeah, we got a crappy, like, Spider-Man with the black suit, but he's wearing, like, a weird hat, uh, a weird mask, and their Hawkeye has the Fabio hair, and their Captain America is got like the Taskmaster shield. And it's just, it's a mess. It is a mess. This is what happens when you give Mark Bagley creative inputs. He says, great, right. cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, I mean, the re- I, and the bigger issue is the colorist, especially with the guy who's a knockoff Captain America. It's just, ouch. Orange, Big. green. This is, what, this is what Homer Simpson, here's another Simpsons reference for you, when he was a food critic, would rate seven thumbs down. Seven thumbs down. It's very These bad. characters are the Homer cars of uh, <laughs> supervillains. Just, just toss crap on them and make them right. look like uh, the Mad Libs. Like, oh, I need to, so, you know, red boots right. with orange. Yeah, bad color a- wheel use. Like the Homer car, if this cover could make a sound, it would play La Cucaracha. Not a solid <laughs> effort, Mark Bagley. Boo on you. Please Boo do better. You. Yes, yes. Oh so with that, we're going to go to someone who always makes it better. And that's our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. 
my goodness, Madam Web, it's, you know, March Madness is coming and it's your time to shine. Oh, you've got your mascot costume already. The 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 granny annies of Augie State University are going to be playing. You've got your big hat, your big bag. You've got your um, cartoonish dress. It's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to see you break a hip when you do your first triple jump. Mm, the triple double, the 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 woozle wuzzle. Um, well, Todd, I'll let you take this first one because while it is newsworthy, this is not a show that I have kept up with. So take it away. Yes, Umbrella Academy season three. All those people complaining about Netflix cancel shows. Well, this one's got its third season, and uh, people are very excited for this. Uh, I have stalled on season two so i need to get picked that back up it's just one of those shows came out and netflix put every episode there so i'm like i'm already behind and i got distracted easily so i'll go back to this because the first season was great really slow the second season picks up they're in the past things wacky hijinks ensue this is all about a family essentially of superpowered kids raised by a taskmaster who they're not really related, but they kind of were raised like a family and found, found, they found family grumpy found family, yeah, as I recall. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah at odds. Um, they have to be brought together in the first season that ends once again, and they're brought, broken apart again, the second season, uh, this trailer though, uh, I mean, this is based on a, uh, dark horse comic, uh, by the lead singer of my chemical romance, Gerard Jones, I believe is his last name. Uh, but yeah, really cool book. Uh, really fun, kind of goofy the way they've taken it and just added music into this series versus the book really didn't have any music itself. This one, though, uh, our heroes are thrust into present time, it looks like, and they're met with a new team called the Sparrows. So that's uh, they're continuing to adapt this, the existing stories, but they're going to run out eventually because there aren't that many books in the Umbrella Academy. So this is going to be cool. I, I can't wait uh, to catch up and see where they're going to go. This comes out out looking for a date looking for a date uh, um, it comes out, oh i got it it comes out in the alternate 2019 oh wait i didn't read down far enough june, uh, june 22 yes yes, yes. So i have time to catch up and i will hopefully yeah. when i'm back and when i'm hopefully in a new house so we'll see how that goes first what happens first this comes out or in my new house i hope you know what don't, new house. don't don't make predictions like that because my, my mom was making predictions about this place selling and eventually she ended up selling it to us because she couldn't sell it to anybody else so you never so can't tell. Weird. It's so weird in this market. You can't sell house. Well, that was that was that was four years ago. So oh. yeah, yeah, a little different. Um, but the thing in June that has really got me is excited, and it was so funny. I uh, this dropped over the weekend. I was I was up north at my in laws. Bad internet. Didn't watch this trailer, and then I really should have watched it today. But it was it was a Monday at work. Just blah 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 stuff going on. But we got a, a red band trailer for season three of The Boys. My God, do I love this show! And this was absolutely one of those late to the party. April and I discovered this. Uh, maybe the end, maybe the end of 2020. Cause I, uh, I, I remember I, it was funny. I remember watching it. We were at my mom's house in Maryland and that was actually where I recorded the first episode of code 47 with my old partner. Alex was there. Uh, when we were like, Oh, we're slamming through it. Cause new episodes were on or whatever, but yeah, crazy show. We've talked about it a bunch of times has to do with, you know, what if the justice league were just a bunch of dicks? What if they were really the bad guys and they had a big, you know, 
Amazon to, or I guess hey, that's a lie, right? It had a big like Microsoft like corporation to sweep all their filthy murders and dirty you know, rape and different crap under the rug. You know what I mean? Um, and so what happens when eventually they get uh, a group of ne'er do wells who come along to foil their near the ne'er do wellerish? Uh, so you get you get a cast of crazies led by Carl Urban as Billy Butcher. You get the superb Jack Quaid as. So he ha- doesn't he have some ding? What what is it? What Huey. is Huey? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which did, which yeah, which doesn't match up to his comic counterpart at all. Um, but I love Jack Quaid because I love him. Of course, I love him as uh, as Boimler on Lower Decks. But uh, yeah, this this follows the part of the comic, and I, I feel like we because we read maybe one volume of the trade and talked about it in the show, but eventually the boys get, you know, they take the vote is a Voight is the name of the corporation and they make an artificial drug that gives people superpowers. So eventually the boys get their hands on it. So we've gotten to that point in the show, uh, but we're bringing in characters like uh, soldier boy played by supernaturals, Jensen Ackles, crimson count, uh, Countess, who is played by the Walking Dead's Laurie Holden, who I've always liked. Um, and this trailer was as violent as shit. There was a lot of exploding, bloody body parts, which is the trademark of this program. So I'm fired up. I still have to watch your animated thing because I heard that talked about it on another podcast today, and I just have to get on top of it. It's, it's super easy, barely inconvenient, Charlie. They're eight minutes long, so you could right. pop those well, suckers out like in you know one, like one hour. You could watch them all, probably. You know what? That that never made me watch anything on Quibi or the uh, – what do you keep talking about? The Roku the, the Roku channel, that thing you were so crazy about? The thing I don't know. You were just – this thing you were talking about, like, like oh, they're only eight minutes. Oh, Slugfest. Slugfest. Yeah. Such a good show, man. Eight minutes long. I, easy I just, to watch. Well, no, we talk about it here, and it's in one ear out the other. So shame on me, shame on me. Yet you, yet you found Yellowstone. <laughs> that show is a dramatic gold mine. I'm telling you. Uh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but the cool part about this season, it looks like they are bringing almost like they're going to bring in like some teen heroes because you see like a music video being made. Looks very interesting. You see um, just some interesting takes on a lot of these characters that we've seen before. And obviously there's an unease in these characters because everybody knows each other's secrets. And then you obviously you're seeing uh, the comic that we read um, where the, the, the boys got the powers and use those. That's obviously going to be a way they come to to compete with the with the, with the boys, which is going to be kind of fun to see right. where they go with that. So very cool. Yeah, this is coming in June again. Um, so lots of stuff coming, uh, which is going to be great. Keep us entertained, please. You know, and we we do have uh, you know uh, Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds going through the summer through July, and then uh, speaking of uh, Jack Quaid, I, it's rumored that Lower Decks will be back at that time. So. Lots of, yeah, you said lots of great geek entertainment. We are in this magnificent golden age. Fantastic. Well, one person who will not be continuing with us on in this golden age, unfortunately, is someone who became uh, an icon in the acting world in general. That would be uh, actor William Hurt passed away over the weekend after a, looks like a four-year battle with prostate cancer. Very, very sad. Guy broke on the scene in the early 1980s. Uh Talk about weird movies you see as a kid because your parents like, my mom loved the movie The Big Chill, which was a Lawrence Kasdan movie about uh, a group of uh, college roommates from the 1960s who get together when uh, a member of their friend group commits suicide. William Hurt was one of the actors. He was the one who was the radical 
stoner drug dealer. Um, so that was how I was first introduced to him. But in the 80s, he was in um, movies like Kiss of the Spider Woman, Children of a Lesser God, like things I've heard of that are probably great that I've never seen. Um, and, you know, in, in the MCU, we had him as General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, uh, who was the father of Betty, uh, who was uh, the Hulk's first love. Uh, and he was the army general who kind of spurned on the experiment by which uh, Banner, you know, made himself into the Hulk. Uh, we saw him, obviously, in that first film uh, back in 2008 uh, when Ed Norton had the role, uh, showed up again in Civil War. And then we saw him in Infinity War, Endgame, and then uh, de-aged into Black Widow. So um, very sad passing. Um, this is just something. Oh, guys, I'll survive by four children. How sad. Um, but anyway, great body of work. Uh, I, I always enjoyed everything this guy did. Um, and I, uh, I wish the best for his family. That's tough stuff. I saw him in his, might've might been his last role. He was, uh, did a great, uh, cameo part. Well, I guess you call it a guest star ring role in, um, mythic quest. And it was one oh. of those sides. It was one of those side episodes. They always do every season. They'll do like a one-off and his character was in it. And he played an older version of a character you introduced earlier. And he was on death's door. He was dying. Um, and it was a scene with him and F Marie Abraham. And I always wonder, I'm like, well, he looks like he's not doing very well, but I'm like, must be acting right. He might've just right. been, that might have been, yeah, that might have been his, he was at the end of his, you know, dealing with everything, but he was still getting to act in a role that made sense for him to be ill. So, yeah, uh, right. very, very interesting actor. I was kind of, I always looked at him, like, I was kind of think, thinking about him like a himbo, kind of like, you know, he's got that kind of gruff voice, but he's a big, tall, blonde dude, right. like in, uh, in uh, network uh, broadcast news. So right. I, I never really... He was never like an actor that everybody like, oh, he's my favorite actor, but he definitely was effective in every role he played. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Um, rest in peace, William Hurt. So moving on. Um, Todd, you and I both it's funny, April and I, when I we spurned on by this news, we actually picked up really cheap a box set of the series because that was the only way to find it. It wasn't available digital, which is weird and something else we're going to talk about in a different vein uh, further on down the road here in this episode. But that 70s show, which was a sitcom from the late 1990s, I think it came out when we were still in school. Didn't we high watch school, I thought. I thought it was high school. No, no, Didn't, no, 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 college. Yeah, 19, really? I would say mm. 19... 1997, 1998. Uh, I would really I would, later yeah. than I than I thought. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, I'm good with dates. That's my that's my superpower. Um, is is getting a revival now? It had a unconnected spinoff in the time in between called that 80s show, which had you know TV show poison uh, Kyler Lee on it. She was one of the stars. She's one of those like Tensi, Ted C. McGinley who came on. Anytime he comes on a show, he kills it. So like he came on like Happy Days and he killed it. You know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah 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 yeah. But yet somehow Kyler Lee managed to be be on somehow she was on Grey's Anatomy and that show's still on the air. But at any rate, getting back to it, it looks like yeah. So we're getting an actual reboot slash continuation. So uh, that '70s show uh, followed the. Uh, Growing up, misadventures of Eric Foreman, who was Topher Grace. You also uh, had Danny Masterson. You had uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Laura Prepine. So you had a whole generation of actors that that spawned out of this. Well, guess what? 
Eric and Donna end up together. They have a daughter who is growing up in the 90s, just kind of like the, you know, the same way that we did. Um, it's the mid-90s, and her name is Leah, Leia, <laughs> because Eric was famously a, a fan of Star Wars from the beginning. It was fi figured quite prominently into the show. Uh, Leah is visiting her grandparents for the summer, living under the strict rules of Red and Kitty. God, they've got to be old as hell. Um, God, how old is... is uh, What's his ass now? Oh, my God. Why can't I remember his name? Who is Red Foreman? It's an actor who's in everything. It says right in here, doesn't it? But anyway, not see. Kerwin Smith. Kerwin Smith. Kerwin Smith. Which is, yeah, I can remember dates but not names. But living under their strict rules uh, and then uh, hanging out hanging out in the basement that is apparently shown by this uh, set photo, the exact same basement. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is a... Uh, Netflix production, I'm guessing. Yes, it must be. It's uh, I'm not sure who originally produced it. It was on Fox, but yeah, it was on Fox. Um, yeah, it could have been produced by anybody, quite honestly, because you never know who owns the rights to anything. Right. Um, and they haven't talked about anyone else who will be in this of note. Um, you know, the, these shows really kind of rely on a lot of having the old cast return, yeah. so maybe they exactly. will. Kind of like all of those, like. Um, uh, was it Full House? Uh, right. A lot of those shows, they 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 really required it. Of course, was it Danny Masterson's in jail for being a, a sick sick bird? Uh, then you've got right. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis who are married now, and right. I don't think they're doing a lot. So I mean, a lot of these people have not much going on in their lives. So it's perfect for them to come. And you have to get Fez from NCIS. Oh yeah, they're not. Yeah, maybe and maybe yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'll be something to get my, you know, you know, that's, that's, that's one for my mother right there. Uh, yeah, but no, I'm excited by this. I don't know, scrolling through this, if we're getting any kind of idea when this would come on, when this would be on, I, I don't think it says it in all this article. So, but for something like this, I, if it came out before the end of the year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise, I wouldn't be surprised. 10, 10, 10 episodes. I love 10 episodes. Launching day one, and I will probably forget this thing is on. <laughs> yeah, you will have to stum stumble across it in the recommended for you section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how this goes and see if people are really nostalgic for the 70s that happened in the 90s. We'll see right. how that goes. Yes. All right. Uh, lastly, last story is this is kind of wrapped in a lot of different elements is the fact Disney Plus wanting to be the biggest streaming service in the world is doing a couple of things. First thing, they are going to be adding an ad ad level to the platform kind of like hulu has uh hulu with ads and then hulu uh without ads and then you same thing with peacock a lot of these services have it even hbo max added an ad supported service which actually they prefer because they actually make more money with the ad version than they do without so they prefer well, you to get that yeah uh -huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, Get them in. So, that, so that's coming, and obviously that would be a cheaper cost, but it costs you your time, and so you value your time as you will. Um, not sure when that's actually coming. Another thing they're doing is expanding their uh, basically level of uh, content. Right now, they are very much a family-focused brand that is limited to more adult content because they want it to be age-gated and things like that. Well, now they're going to open it up by putting uh, basically uh, they're going to have a, a content protection with like a, a login or something that you have to go through to then access more mature content, which would include the Marvel Netflix shows, which are coming on March 16th. 
So they're mm-hmm. going to add in a lot more contents. We'll see things that potentially were made for Hulu or on Hulu that were age gated will now potentially be coming to this because overseas Hulu doesn't exist. And right. Hulu's losing a lot of content because NBC is jumping out. So all the stuff like NBC shows will not right. be there any longer. Right. So essentially, it's just going to be uh, Disney produced shows and Hulu shows which essentially could all go to Disney plus if they're going to yeah. get it anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, and they could increase the cost of that or do something else. So that's all right. happening. So this is, is going to be really interesting because, um, I think a lot of people liked it for its simplicity and they didn't have to worry about adult things. Now, old Johnny might figure out their passcode and get into it and guess who they'll blame Disney. Right. Oh, can, you know, what is Disney going to do? Can they take that hit? No idea. Yeah, yeah. Disney's Disney's there. There, Bob Disney's getting a lot of uh, flack right now for some I'll of his wishy washes stances. He's raising prices at the park. Right. They got rid of a lot of great like fast pass options. Yeah. So there's a lot there that Disney needs a win um, yeah. as they try to get people back to the parks, get more th- revenue flowing. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Disney two Disney Plus goes with their in theater content because um, they're. Next big movie is Doctor Strange. We saw, right. um, was it uh, Turning Red, which is a Pixar film, went direct to Disney Plus. Right, the yeah. I've yeah. been meaning to, and that, and that is somebody who's already said that's out, and I just woo, went right over my mm-hmm. head because again, I'm I turn on Disney Plus uh, when I, I, I Todd, I've fallen into your trap. I turn it on when I have a new show to watch, and I've not had well, and I was watching The Simpsons, but then I get off of that because. You know, I got two Star Trek shows on right now, and you know, other things I'm watching just aren't on Disney Plus. So, I mean, they're um they're doing what they have to do, folks. It's a business, you know. They've got to find they got to find you know the the ad tier. You know, I, I know like growing up, my dad was like, ah, oh, he would tape things and skip through the commercials. Like I won't watch two. Like he wouldn't even like he'd skip through and you'd miss the the part that came back. Because he wouldn't rewind because he wouldn't even watch like 10 seconds of a commercial. Some people just can't take it. We, I know our friend John is like, I will do anything not to watch a commercial. It doesn't bother me at all. I grew up in the commercial world. Again, I mentioned before, my mother worked for a local TV station selling advertisement when I, when I was growing up. I worked at a radio station selling advertising myself as an adult. I get commercials. Commercials is what makes it possible. So it doesn't bother me. And it doesn't bother well, me. When are you going to touch it? When are you going to watch it? When are you going to look at your, when are you going to look at your phone anyways, right? People right. do it. So right. why not watch it? You know, commercials coming up, you'll watch it. And you know what? Quite honestly, um, I'm not sure how the Peacock commercials are, Charlie, but some do a really good job right. where it's like, it's like yeah. 30 seconds or 60 it's seconds. Like done. Because we watched, because I have that access through you and your lovely mother, we were watching, I'm introducing uh, April to watching Parks and Recreation as we're starting to wind down 30 Rock because we're almost done with it. And it was, uh, so we watched the first episode yesterday, there were four commercial breaks of one commercial each. So that's what, that's two minutes. Blink and you miss it. Who can, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I'm back to playing Angry Birds. I don't care. Why, why should I care? It's not like I'm sitting in a movie theater and I'm like, oh, all I can do is close my eyes. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's, you know, complaining about this stuff is much to do about nothing. Uh, obviously, they want you to have the ad tier because it's the money plus obviously the ad revenue. So it's no way to look at it why they don't want to do it that way. Adding more content to Disney Plus gets more eyes on that. They don't have to care about Hulu so much because it's, a, you know, it's a diversification. They own a portion of it, not the whole thing. So it's just, it's just, it ain't show friends, it's show business. 
There. Yeah. Boom. But do I settled but, it. Yeah. But I, I think if you're going to have ads, please make them effective. Make them not seeing the same ad 85 times. That's a pet pot peeve of mine. They've got to get better at that. Well, that is the, the one the one app that we have that we watch that's anything local is the local news on our local Fox station. And that's exactly what they have. I can see the same commercial for Ozempic. Oh, 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 Ozempic. Oh, five times in a row. Five times in a row in the same break. And I'm like... I can look at my phone, but I have to mute it, and then I have to hopefully look up when the news comes back on. It's just, yeah, be be like you said, be purposeful about it. You know, if you're going to have it, have it be something that I that I want to look and not mute or turn it off. Now you're never going to buy Ozempic because you 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 you're, you're spiteful of it. It's in my brain, I can't. It's not. I mean, I know the song, but I don't even. I would have to Google it to even know right now what it does. It's like cars for kids. It's that stupid yeah. song. Oh my god! It makes you want to hate those kids. I'm not um, going to donate to kids because I hate that song. Yeah, right. You've done it's the it's the opposite sketches. Look what you've done. Oh exactly. my god! Well, that's the end of the news. Uh, so let's uh, let's uh, get that uh, phone out. Get the Uber app open. We're going down to Skunk Town. That's right. It's time to head down to the Geek Easy. So let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy cover bands playing, and we are ready to get our nerd on this week, Charlie. Watched a new comedy on HBO Max, and the resume of this TV show called Our Flag Means Death it comes highly regarded. This is a lot of folks who did uh, Flight of the Concords, Reese, uh, Davies. I'm not messing up his name. It's Reese. Reese. Uh, I'm Reese Darby. Um, yeah, there you go. Plays the lead, and he is essentially playing uh, a wealthy landowner. His name is Steve Bonnet. He has a midlife crisis in in 1717. He gives up his cushy life to become a pirate. And let's just tell you this way: he is not very good at it. Um, he has a, a, a motley crew. Of men, one of them includes Hodor. Um, there's uh, a cast that's uh, filled with uh, Flight of the Concord folks. It's a lot of very funny, um, just British folks who show up, and it's it's a pirate comedy. It's it's pretty good. Uh, there is, I believe, four episodes out now. I watched the first one, and it's essentially you see where it's going, but it's going to probably branch off and do far different things. He's kind of a fop. He's fancy. He plays. He pays them fees. He tries to be a kinder, gentler pirate. He reads them stories at night. Um, but these guys are pretty bad. Uh, they're pretty bad news, uh, violent. So um, I enjoyed it. I mean, you get to see a little bit of his past. So there's there's a reason why he's at a midlife crisis. You see where he's coming from. I think there's something there. But once again, comedies. The first episode is slow. It is it, it, it kind of gives you the premise, not a lot of jokes per minute. So I think that's going to build up with just this is setting up in the premise and the comedy will come because, you know, these characters, you see their quirks, they build on them and they they branch off. So Leslie Jones is going to be in this, too, which is going to be kind of funny with her and, you know, her sassy being a sassy pirate. I think it's going to be pretty good. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's on HBO Max. So check it out. And if you like a lot of the crew and Taika Waititi directed first episode so you know what you're info in for folks yes. uh, which, in, which info info for the four yes uh then charlie this is a weird one because not necessarily my cup of tea but um 
I ended up deciding I was going to check out Reacher just to see what it's about. See if this is just a dumb, like 80s throwback. And I started watching. I'm like, okay, see the, the, the hitch here with which Reacher. And I said, you know, because like my wife likes procedural. She likes like the murder of the week. What's going on? Well, this is essentially a murder of six episodes, <laughs> like one one crime, six episodes. They build on it hour long. Um, it's it's she, so it's so murderous. We knocked it out in a weekend. We we dug it. Got it. Yeah, we we really. Um, so I said, you know, I'm about ten minutes in. I'm like, okay, I just started this. I got up to speed quick, and I'm like, I think you might enjoy this. So we started watching. We just really clipped through them. It's it's very it's it's very well paced which i think helps a show like this because you don't sit still too long you don't get well on you know too much of the, like side parts it's pretty much set on the the three main characters as we would say it kind of moves forward and it is a murder mystery and at times it is kind of like goofy and weird and the, some of the things that happen and a lot of just the okay jack reacher they, they he's he's known for being big that's kind of like keep going into that it's kind of like a one thing he's known for as being big and he ends up being like the smartest man in the world like he's like a marine or an army sherlock holmes he knows everything right. like I, I mean he can tell you every detail what you ate for dinner because you can see something come out of your teeth the way you smell all of these things we don't know how he makes any money because he doesn't have any credit cards. He brings cash. If he, his clothes get dirty, he throws them away and buys clothes from a thrift store. It's very, it's a very interesting show. It's definitely not like genre, except unless you like that throwback a team Rockford files feel. It's definitely that with more F bombs and nudity. So Rockford files. That was a favorite of your late father. I remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that that when he cut his thumb off from, I think of my father-in-law. Probably, probably (laughs) not. not, not, He like sliced a little bit off the tip. Oh, just a little bit, just like, like a deli. A little bit off the tip. Exactly. Not a big deal. deal. Good deal. Oh my goodness. Yeah. We enjoyed that one. And uh, yeah, look forward to that uh, coming back. Yeah. I just, uh, it's funny. I I think I mentioned this when, when I talked about when we watched it, is that when the films came out like seven or eight years ago, my own mother said, really, Tom Cruise are going to attach Tom Cruise to something they want to launch as a fr- as an ongoing franchise? He's old. And I'm like, damn, he hit the nail on the head with that one. It wasn't I mean, the old, though. It was the size. Tell well, me yeah, he was just, the he was, he was just a little fellow. And it's funny, the first scene in Reacher mirrored uh, one of the scenes from the second Reacher film uh, was like where he's sitting and he's like, oh, I'm going to have this piece of pie. But then it was like, hey, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to beat you to death with the, this payphone, And it just, yeah, it's just, oh, God. The, like, I, I think I did a social media post not long after we watched it that this uh, Reacher on Prime benefits from 100, 100% less Tom Cruise. Because that's what killed it for me. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm glad you're – how much of it did you watch? Did you see the whole thing? I think we're on, like, five. We we have, yeah. like, three more to watch. Yeah. Because yeah, we, just, we just got distracted and, like, okay, well, we'll have to finish this up because we we're both enjoying it. That, that You know what? You find something you can watch together. April and I watch the vast majority of things together, which is nice. So that's, that's something we enjoy. Something that we did enjoy, not only was it us, but we were up uh, visiting her folks in northern Michigan. Uh, they actually have real internet in northern Michigan now. If you didn't know, I was I was shocked. No hiccups in connecting to their, uh, their, their Wi-Fi on my phone or on my tablet. I was impressed. Um, but this is one that April heard about last week, and she was really dying to watch it. So she kind of snagged the remote away because I'm like, you usually don't take a remote away from an old person. So she like, took it away from Dad. She's like, I want to watch this thing on Netflix. And it was the Adam, A-D-A-M, uh, project over there on Netflix starring 
Ryan Reynolds, like a big A-list actor. Um, it was much like Will Smith in the early days. It was a lot of Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds. Uh, but he is an Air Force test pilot or a test pilot of some variety in the year 2050, uh, who he's working for what turns out to be a very evil corporation uh, that has uh, somehow figured out time travel. So he has to go back into the past to right some wrongs. Uh, and the primary uh, way he's doing this is he teams up with his 12-year-old self. Uh, Todd, I will say no more because I really want you to watch it. You've not watched it yet, yeah? No, but I've heard positives about it. It feels like a throwback, like 80s film. It was wonderful. Well, it was uh, not exactly. I mean, his 12-year-old self he meets in in present day. uh, And then he goes further in the past and meets his own father, who's played by Mark Ruffalo. Uh, His mother is played in the past by Jennifer Garner. Uh, The villain piece of the film is played by Catherine Keener. So there's like serious names in this deal. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy to see it on on Netflix. Well, didn't you see that on Netflix? It was like the biggest movie they ever did. It was The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. That, that, um, oh, Red that Red, Red Nose. Yeah, which we watched that one too. Yeah, Netflix is tossing just as much bucks at movies as Hollywood right. is these days. Yeah. Well, and they, it will be, you know, they, and they have a better, they have a better distribution model because you can watch it in your living room. You know what I mean? So you're getting more people yep. to sign up just for that. So this one was fun. I would highly recommend it. You know, it, it it does, you know, for the father-son stuff, it hits you in the feels, which that's always a piece for me. So I think that, yeah, I would highly recommend that. But Todd, you actually have watched two episodes of something because you watched the next episode of Star Trek Picard. Episode uh, two of season two uh, was not exactly, not exactly happy slappy. Uh, we got the, you know, you, we've had the mirror universe in Star Trek, which is somewhat cartoonish, you know, Spock with a beard or whatever it is. Then we now have, uh, basically in the second episode, we have Q showing, we have Q, well, Q showed up at the end of episode one, uh, but in episode two, we're seeing that he's a little unhinged. She even uh, shows Picard the back of his hand. He gives him a bitch slap, bitch slap, pimp slap. I didn't see which one it was. Depends on how far the hand goes back, I've heard. Uh, but at any rate, he has tossed Picard uh, and the rest of our characters who are aware of the time change into a very black uh, confederation, uh, er- earthly confederation, where uh, at some point, and it was pinpointed throughout the episode that the change happened in the year 2024, which there's a little bit more significance to that for deeper cuts of Trek uh, in the year 2020. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I, that, that's a little bit too inside baseball. But but uh, listen, Code 47, we'll talk about it there. But uh, yeah, we, uh, this confederation is filled with uh, an Earth that single-handedly... Has there ever been has, a good confederation? Uh, not that I'm... You, you don't think there's ever been like a confederation of hugs? I Smiles. don't think so. Kisses. I don't think so. But anyway, yeah, you have a confederation that has single-handedly destroyed the Klingon Empire, the Romulans, the Cardassians, the Klingons, and as it turns out, the Borg, which is like, how the hell did they pull that one off? So that's what we're going to find out in the past. Our our, our, our crew is, is kind of tripped to the, pre- the precipice. They know they've got to get to the past, but before the episode ends, they're kind of prevented from doing so. Um Damn, I'm loving this. You know, again, uh, this upcoming, uh, this week that we're in, and by the time you listen to to Code 47, and even by the time you hear this episode, uh, Star Trek Discovery, the season finale will have aired, but this this will continue to air on Thursdays, and I'm I'm just loving it. They're hitting all the notes. They're hitting all the notes for me. It's it's grim, it's gritty, uh, it's, and, you know, there's something deeper beneath Q's just general demeanor that, that tells you there's something that's really sinister about him this time around that just hasn't been that way in the past. So I'm fired up. I don't know. What was your take? 
yeah, I, I thought it was kind of cool to see that. I know in the comics they've done some the the, the mirror verse with the card and the TNG crew where. Right. Picard is like a beard or something like that. So it's kind of neat to see right. like this Picard being much, very much like a bloodthirsty humans first. Then uh, that was kind of cool. It was kind of easy for the team to get back together. I mean, just kind of like, oh, I'll just call them up and hey, we'll just get together again. Very easy to do. Um, but it was kind of cool to see then um, that because of being able to do more because of language and just grit, uh, you could see Q kind of like, don't piss me off. Smack, right. You know, to Picard. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you only take so many lippy, lippy humans, you know, for so long because you like blow them up. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed that. So I, it's kind of cool to see because I wasn't 100% sure, you know, where they were going to go with this. And I know we're going to go back in time because, you know, got to do that. So hopefully it's not lame because <laughs> what, what do we love when you take people out of the cool science fiction element and we put them into, hey, that's that's a in and out burger. Great. Let's go grab that. Right. Well, you know, they did it in Voyager and, uh, you know, they, I still think they managed, I mean, they pulled off an episode where you had Ed Bagley Jr. and, and a pre-famed Sarah Silverman starring. And it was like, we've gone back to the present of 1996. And I love their clothes because their clothes were like, hey, we, you know, they, they beamed down to the Venice boardwalk and Tuvok says, we could have worn our Starfleet uniforms. I don't think anyone would have noticed. Because uh-huh. it's because it's California. humans are weird. Yes, it's California. There you go. Which is that's exactly where we're headed here. Uh, they're going back to 2024 in Los Angeles, and so it will be a lot of contemporary stuff. You know, uh, Picard trying to learn how to use Twitter or Grinder. I don't know. So. <laughs> We'll see no, happens. Charlie, I know it's going to happen. He's going to meet like the woman of his dreams in 2024. Uh-huh. And he's like, I can't, I can't live without you, but I have to because I can't change. And he'll be sad for card again. Sad card. Yes. Sad card. He'll, he'll play the sad card. The sad card. Yep. The sad oh flute. my goodness. Well, speaking of uh, something related to Picard that didn't have Picard in it, uh, I listened to, and I don't know that this is a first, but it's certainly a first that I've listened to, but this actually just dropped. Uh, it is a 90-minute audio drama uh, based on Star Trek Picard, uh, taking place hmm. in seasons, seasons one and two, uh, voiced by Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd as Seven and Rafi, and a little adventure they have together as a couple. Uh, you know, fighting fighting a Romulan warlord in the uh, former neutral zone, which we saw featured quite heavily in uh, season one of Picard with, you know, the Fenris Rangers and the, 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 the you know, the, the Romulan frontier and everything kind of post-apocalypse. So I really dug it. Um, it was, it was I, I mean, I thought it was kind of a fun story. They introduced some kind of different quirky fringe characters. And there was another one that was kind of like, you know, a robot droid or whatever. But it had the... Um, it was an hour and 39 minutes. It had kind of the unfortunate um, Star Trek trope of resolving everything in the last five minutes. What it's like, oh, we have our big showdown with the bad guy. And then he's dead in like 10 seconds. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, there was a whole lot of setup for nothing. So kind of bummed me out, but it was it was also kind of fun uh, to hear this. And, you know, with uh, they had some kind of contemporary music in there and uh, having real voice actors and have it not being so-and-so said such-and-such. And with a wry smile, then he thought, no, it was just like, it was an audio drama like you would hear on, you know, like you sure. heard the Empire, the Empire Strikes Back on the BBC back in 1980. You know what I mean? It was just, it was super, it was super cool. So this is, this is awesome. It's also nice to get something on Audible that's not 15 hours long. That's why I have like 
22 books on my backlog on uh, audiobooks because yeah. I can't, I don't, even though I'm in the car a lot, I, I enjoy a lot of different podcasts. I just find it so hard to get back around these audiobooks because they're so damn long. Um, so I really did value that this was bite sized. Um, hated the stupid trope of the, you know, let's kill the bad guy in the last 30 seconds, but. I thought it was cool, and I hope they do more of them. So it's pretty awesome. That is, uh, again, called No Man's Land and is available for purchase on Audible if you are interested. Doctor Who does a bunch of those. Like, they do, like, uh, they bring back, like, uh, past actors and uh, past doctors to do more standalone episodes. I think that might have been original scripts that never got made, which is kind of cool, and also just keep the characters around. So I like that idea, to your point. Having not just one narrator is good, because then you get the person, I'm going to try to do a female voice. I'm going to try to do this type of voice. I'll do this type of voice. It just gets to be a little bit lame. There's nothing worse than it. It's funny because I was scrolling through. I got my monthly uh, Audible credit today. I'm like, oh, what I've got in my wish list that I should pick up. And there was one I feel like I've mentioned this before. Maybe it was here. Maybe it was over on Code that uh, there was a novel series that Rich Davenport and I both really enjoyed. And I think we talked about it on the show um, that uh, called um, The New Frontier. And it launched back in 98. And they, they had four little micro novels. And they, they put it into an audio drama that was narrated by... Um, Gonna draw a blank on the guy's name, but Joe Morton, uh, and he narrated mm-hmm. it. But he also did like he tried to do voices for various characters, yeah. and and he you know he took some established characters like there was there is one Starfleet admiral named Admiral Necheyev who has a very Russian name but didn't speak with an accent, but he just decided to give her an accent because he obviously didn't know shit about the character. So I'm glad and the, like they would have like the pew 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 like bad sound effects, and so it's like. Yeah, exactly. Like talk, it's like reading a story to your kid. Good night, Make moon. It Good so. night Yeah, exactly. Oh, thank God, no. So anyway, um, definitely worth it because I thought it was it was pretty well done. So anyway, that's it for me. Very, very cool. Well, that is it for the Geek Easy. We're gonna pay our tab, get on over, and we're gonna travel to the faraway land where the mutants are ready to be entertained by Mister Me, Mister Charlie, and me. So let's go. Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. This week, our topic is going to be all about the positive and negatives of digital and physical. Um, This is coming from a recent release of a comic uh, collection that is impossible to find these days. Um, Can't buy it new. Uh, It's not digital. And the individual copies are going for a ridiculous amount of money, like 60 bucks per issue, something like that. And it's going to be even more uh, ridiculously sparing. That is JLA Avengers. That was a book. Uh, great creative run, you know, finally came out. Um, and George Prez is, you know, is is really on his last legs. I mean, the poor guy is in hospice and this is really, they wanted to get this out before he passed and they're doing a a collector's edition by the hero initiative. I believe is doing it. The 7,000 copies at 30 bucks a pop. These are already going for $200 a piece and will get even more expensive because you get the, the people get frustrated. They can't get it. Saw it on eBay already. And I mean, it's good news that this is actually happening, but 7,000 copies is not, significant it is not enough it's just creating more passion and fervor to remind people oh i better hoard things or jack 
price so people can't get them. So um, I was telling you, Charlie, I'm like, I don't remember if I even read the book for some reason. Because I'm like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. Never bought it. And I I, I don't own it. I I know I did. And back maybe 15 years ago, it was a a dog-eared trade paperback copy was at the local library. So I believe I read it then because that's... That's, that was, I mean, it came out in what, 04? So it was relatively new at that point. This would have been, you know, 06, 07, 08, you know, kind of probably when I first moved back here to Grand Rapids and was, you know, getting stuff out of the library. That's that's when I was kind of getting back into comics. Um, but, um, yeah, it's crazy, uh, you know, and, and to me, um, really pushes me further away from wanting to think about having physical copies of stuff. I mentioned um, earlier in the show that April and I picked up what I thought was a relatively inexpensive copy of the complete series run of that 70s show uh, because it either wasn't available on digital or it was like each season was 20 bucks and this box set was 35 and it was the whole series. So it's, um, it's, Physical, you know, physical copies of anything can be so wildly based on supply and demand, like you just described. Uh, oh, we produce seven thousand copies at thirty bucks a pop, but the you know the aftermarket is going to explode, and then you know it's just you put it out yeah. on digital. You put it out on digital. There's no fuss, no muss, no trouble. You know, yeah. um, and and much like any any kind of consumerism, you're going to get this wide, wide variety of people who kind of want to have it their way and their way may not be logical in any way, shape or form. But anyway, let's get into the meat of it. You've got, yeah. uh, you've got a lot of different things listed here and it's well, funny. Cause... Uh, go ahead. Please. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I love the idea of owning things physically. Great. The problem with those are they, they, they end up going away in time. They end up getting right. dog-eared. They end up getting lost. You can't find them. And right. essentially, it, 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 just, it just limits people from experiencing cool stuff, even if they want to pay at this point. Right. Um, so it, it gets me thinking, and to your point, Charlie, I listed a bunch of different things. Everybody always thinks now, oh, everything's available digitally. Right. And when you go down this, this isn't just a problem with comic books. It's a problem with a lot of other media. Um, and, you know, we can go through just a couple of the things that we yeah. lifted here ourselves that I we mean, saw, like we looked for to just right. even see if we could find them digitally. And a lot of these are like um, trademarked or, or, or licensed properties. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all licensed. Yeah. yeah. You know, the best example of which is, is I managed to, within the last five years, get a complete run of these. And again, I don't read print comics because I'm like, well, I got to get my glasses out. and You know, so it's just that part of it is that much more obnoxious. But the entire, uh, and it, it had a real long ass name, The Further Adventures of Indiana Jones, Marvel comic series produced uh, between uh, 1982 in 1985, had about 34 issues, and this was a benchmark of my childhood. My mom got this from the comic book store before we got a subscription, uh, and I remember my, my dad, when he branched out our family business uh, into a strip mall in Troy, Michigan, there was a comic book shop next door. Oh, I know that's where I found a couple of the back issues when I was a kid, um, but that is with various licensing deals, those issues were reprinted in 2008 into a trade when the Crystal Skull came out. That went out of print. Now there's nowhere to find them at all. Uh, and they don't exist digitally. The same is true uh, of the uh, the Transformers, Todd. And that's a little bit more your bailiwick. Now, I know yeah. that I, IDW picked those up. Uh, or they have the license. Did they Like, for example, same thing happened with G.I. Joe. Because there was a Marvel G.I. Joe run. Marvel does not 
reprint that d- doesn't sustain that digitally, but IDW bought it and they reproduced uh, Larry Hama's, um, you know, 19... 19- 1982 through uh, 1994 run, uh, the 155 issues uh, under the banner of classic G.I. Joe. Those are all readily available, but the Transformers, you, you can't, it's not the same thing? You can't get the Marvel run. You can get IEW elsewhere. Um, okay. And I, I, you know, and I think that's going to be a challenge with a lot of those old comics like Ren and Stimpy when they did their Star Comics run, or no, they just did a Marvel run. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you get that, and it gets to be a challenge, and it's, it's almost like and I know that's a problem with video games and other things too. Licensed music is the bane of like television shows. Right. Like don't have licensed music in your show because that's going to keep it from being uh, put on syndication or yeah. resold. I yeah. think that's why there is to this date and it's only on, well, it's on disc and digital. There's one season of seven or eight seasons of WKRP in Cincinnati that is even available at all. Because again, you know, it came out in the seventies and it was about radio. So they had songs on there. Well, again, it's just, it's a licensing nightmare. And you're right. That's plagued a lot of shows that they've gone away and never come back because they can't be afforded after the fact. So yeah. Uh, stare, you know, save yourself the, uh, the, the, the quagmire. But like I said, the GI Joe, the Larry Hamid GI Joe survived because IDW chose to reproduce those. And they're, because they're still available, you would imagine, somebody's still buying them or whatever it is. But um, yeah, that, you know, that's surprising about the Transformers because they had such a, they had such mm-hmm. a renaissance in the early 2000s. Uh, and those movies do limp along. You know, those movies do still come out. The GI Joe ones kind of limp along, but, um, but they're still available. So, but the Indiana Jones ones, I get the feeling with a new film coming out and we know that new merch is going to come out in the form of figures that maybe these will come back around and then I'll be able to. Well, they own a license now too, yeah. which is, which is, you know, a yeah. little easier to, 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 to right. pull off. Yeah. Right. With the Transformers there, they, you know, Hasbro, all those different things. They don't have a relationship with Marvel at this point. Right. Uh, it, it becomes a, a kind of a hot mess. And I mean, right. you even tag some things like, you know, the other DC crossovers, all access that DC access character, who is the one that linked to the two universes. Then we've got right. amalgam. That oh, I own a bunch of those comics, too, which are fun. Too. Yeah. yeah. I think I, I think I have uh super soldier. I have spider boy, you know, I have a few of those, but there was the big one was dark claw. It was the Batman Wolverine crossover. Yeah. And those were great, but those came out. I think because at the, the, I think there, there've been two iterations of, Oh, the D, it was there were a couple iterations of DC Marvel crossover because yeah there was the one book and then it was yeah to continue that they kind of globbed together, um, so yeah the chances of that ever coming back, I mean what could ever bring that back you know what I mean that's just uh, you know you've got two bitter rivals uh, that uh, you know it was great that they could find a way to put away whatever animosity they had you know in the name of George Perez which I think is great but you know there, there was there was no singular talent associated with the amalgam comics that it's that's ever going to have anybody give two shits about bringing it back around again i would know I, I mean the only thing i could think about is they they said you know what we're gonna do some wacky things everybody loves the multiverse well this is the most multi of all verses uh, okay. is okay. bringing it back okay. having some fun but yeah i just don't know corporate culture now is so crazy um and we'll see what happens we we've even seen like warner brothers is merging with discovery there, that's happening and, and Marvel now is right. you know part of Disney so all these things are just very weird a comic I was curious if it actually exists digitally and that's Superman versus Muhammad oh, Ali it does great, exist digitally big, yeah it does big, exist digitally that's a big treasure where can I get that I can get that on uh, Kindle and Comixology yeah so it's there it's oh, 12 bucks my God. essentially yeah. 
I uh, shit. I'm gonna go buy that right now. It's eleven sixty nine after discount, so you do get a discount if you're a member. Um, oh, so it's about I, a buck thirty discount. I'm not sure if my membership expired, but I will. I'll live with that. Yeah, I canceled it because I was just like, I don't want to deal with it anymore. Oh my god! Yeah, if you want to, if you want to buy a hard copy of it, uh, the from the fifty bucks. No, $299. Well, there's a, it says right now on Amazon, there's a $50 hardcover for 50 bucks. Oh, well, also has a crossover classics, but um, I'm not, yeah, I, I, I will have to continue the search later because I'm not. Uh, okay. Oh, wait a second. Kindle store. There we go. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, right. uh, so comics, comics are one of those things where it's going to be a challenge. Um, and, you know, I always say this. Buy when something is available. But if someone's not going to make something available for you to buy, if you can find it, don't tell me. I don't need to know it. But I hate the fact that these things are not able to be enjoyed. Uh, it's just it's just a different age. And I don't know there's many arguments for a lot of these things uh, for them not to exist, especially with Marvel and DC. They could both put them on their storefronts. Right. And they could equally make a profit off of it. And I don't think there's any rights issues. Obviously, they're reprinting this one physically, and they could probably get a pass from George Perez and the creators. And I was funny. I've heard Brad Metzler. He's a famous writer who's done a lot of stuff with Marvel, and he's written some really cool books. He wants to do another version of JLA Adventures. So maybe this, there's hope that they could come back to the well get this one reprinted and get it non-digital permanently because that would be awesome. Um, you mentioned Charlie going to other formats of media, a show that I have, it's, it's one of my guilty pleasures and I never finished it, but I watched a lot of the episodes and that's with Mr. Ryan Reynolds is two guys, a girl in a pizza place. Oh my God. So really that one has been banished. It's, it's, it's only available on DVD and, and, and you can buy the set for all the seasons for like 30 bucks. It's not available anywhere. It was like in syndication for a while, but it's, and it was on ABC. So I'm not sure if they don't own the right. So I like pleaded to Ryan, Ryan, uh, on, on Twitter. I said, Hey, can you get this like Disney to bring it back or something now that you're part of the family? But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of TV shows that are just, there's like a blank spot. And I think, unfortunately, we're going to see less and less of those DVDs get reprinted or brought back again just because as we know they're less popular and so they're not gonna have a facility or a factory to make these at a cheaper price because right. you make less it's going to cost more so if you really i mean that's, that's sadly the the message and i know john buys a lot of the sets physically mm -hmm. or you could try to buy them digitally if they include a code or digitally in a store i mean that's how you get them i'm like game of thrones if you want to get them they're pretty cheap i just bought the harry potter movies on blu-ray for like 30 bucks for all of them that's, cheap. that's yeah. crazy yeah just looking at this list of these movies you were talking about there's some serious there's some serious deep cut stuff here princey's honor wild heart even the super mario brothers from 1993 and of course dogma kevin smith who is a uh he's a pioneer of our geek life uh you pulled up an article here about uh why he um why he won't have it. And yeah, was, he talks about Miramax and controversy and yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada. And so that is, that's what seems to be holding that up. But yeah, but like you said, I can't imagine that a lot of these deals that are keeping stuff from being released uh, will persevere simply because um, they're not putting shit out on 8-track anymore. Any, they're not producing VHS tapes anymore, aren't they? Technology moves on. It's impractical. Uh, it's primitive. And it's more expensive to produce it. I mean, I haven't owned a VCR in 15 years. 
I don't know anything about it. You know, I, I, I couldn't imagine buying a tape that they're not sold commercially. It's a bad, you know, and it's, it's very niche. So yeah, there's people out there who are paying, oh, I paid $800 for a mint VHS copy of Halloween too. You know, I, I overheard this conversation at a Comic-Con a few months ago. That's a real thing that people really do care about. But for John Q Movie Watcher, they just want to watch it on Shutter or Netflix or Hulu or whatever. You know what I mean? That's all. The, yeah. That's all. That's all that the average consumer with the average dollar, which all these people really want, really care about. So when when licenses make it possible for this kind of stuff to just kind of go away, uh, everything is going to be digital, and discs will simply not like. I, and I've mentioned it before. Go to go to a Target or a Best Buy and tell me what that physical media section looks like as opposed to the way it did five also years stamped. ago. Five years ago or five years before that or 20 years ago when there were still tapes there, you know, and see, yeah, it's just, it just shrinks because nobody is, I haven't purchased a CD in 10 years uh, since I moved all my stuff over to digital. And even after moving all of my music over to digital, that now sits in a hard drive that, which hangs in a bag by my back door because I subscribe to Amazon Prime Unlimited and that's how I listen to music. So it's just... It just time marches on, but yeah, there are those little weird little gems. By the way, Todd, the Superman versus uh, uh, Spider Man thing not not on digital that I can find. Not even looking. I, on. I wouldn't. I don't think you would either because it's one of those cross company cross company. I'm assuming uh, what, Hulk versus uh, Superman as well. Not available. Um, well, but I thought you were just. I thought you were just telling me it was there. No, no, Muhammad Ali versus Superman. Oh, I understand. Okay, I because because he's not owned, Muhammad Ali is not owned by a company, so right. thankfully. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so there's there's more and more of these things you'll find that you know you've got to hope maybe somebody's got it on YouTube that they recorded off TV. You can watch it that way, uh, like that. Oh, like that meatloaf uh, documentary, Charlie, or uh, mockumentary, oh, not documentary. Yeah, Bio no, pick. no, no. It was uh, yeah, biopic from VH1. That was great. I loved it. There was also one uh, about Ricky Nelson that came out right around the same time. Yeah, just just disappeared um and you would think that the meatloaf one would have surfaced after he died so yeah it's kind of that's kind of sucks um yeah but, I mean, but it's, again it's, it, it, it's obviously all driven by consumer interest um and if if there is if there's a licensing agreement that's preventing it from happening i can't imagine any of these are for life so when they expire if there's still interest you're going to see them again so um, you well, know, folk, yeah, folks, don't don't invest all your hard earned dollars in stockpiling, you know, five dollar DVDs from Walmart because they're not going to be worth 50 cents if you try to turn around and get rid. They're not worth 50 cents if you try to give them to the library. Yeah. Preservation's a hard one, too, because like Doctor Who, apparently half of like episodes ended up in somebody's basement because back in the day, nobody thought they were worth anything. You, why would you keep old stuff like that? Movies right. often like the film degrades if they haven't preserved it. You've right. got TV series where they were kind of on the mark, you know, because when, you know, DVD or VHS and DVD, like people buying series became really popular, obviously, in the eight, right. like late 80s, early 90s. The stuff before then, you know, you you hopefully some of the archives were still there. They could right. use them. Uh, you know, maybe the prints suck. They, they don't look good, uh, especially the video stuff that was done in video right. versus film. It can look like hot trash. Um, right. And, you know, yeah. if all that stuff is like, oh, it's in the archives and there's a fire and it's gone. It's not backed up anywhere. That's, the, you know, like it is with a lot of these comics. If they've not been scanned uh, and committed to digital memory, you're right. There's a fire or it's in a truck that goes off a cliff or something 
disastrous happens that it, that whatever copy of it that it's the only thing that's left is gone it doesn't exist anymore it exists only in your memory which doesn't really count for much because memory is fleeting so uh yeah, yeah. so yeah i, I was so, looking at some of these other movies charlie like silkwood um cannibal run the mask Cocoon, right. Prizzy's Honor, Wild at Heart, like you said. Um, I mean, uh, some of these are just for no reason. Like, uh, right. you know, Cocoon was a huge film. Mask was right. almost an Oscar winner. I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, so I guess if you really like something, don't put it off buying it um, mm-hmm. because it may just disappear. And I'd be curious to see how many releases come out on physical media these days, like comparative, like a percent of releases like that are digital and how you're actually mean, physical. I mean, if you look at your, you know, your target circular every week, there's always like, there's always something. Um, but I, I do notice the prices just continue to climb. You know, a new movie used to be $19.99 or $17.99. Now it's $25 or $30 or $40 for the UHD 4K. Does John Q. Public really care about that kind of stuff? That's the question. Or are all of these, you know especially for kids and stuff, you know, children, you, you know, as well as I do, having, having, you know, a, a child yourself when they're young, all they want to do is watch the same thing 50 times in a row. So what do you think, you know, and you and I, we have teenage kids now. So, you know, people who have young kids now just put Encanto on, you know, uh, rotate on Disney plus crazy. And they, got nothing, and they got nothing to worry about because it's the same old story. It's the same thing with my daughter, uh, my stepdaughter, you know, when she was young, when, before April and I met wore out three copies of toy story because she watched it 50 million times. Cause that's what kids do, you know? And we were the opposite way because we just didn't have that available to us. So it's like, Oh, something's on TV. What's on next. It was always the, what's next because you right. didn't have to, Oh, just replay it. Nope. You can't. Cause we're on to the next episode rerun of Alice or Jonathan Brady. Bunch. Alf or the Brady bunch or, you know, uh, or the Andy Griffith show. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah so yeah. is that, so I guess maybe we should ask the audience, is there anything you want specifically to be able to watch, read, listen to that you just can't find? I mean, I think we all have those things are like, man, I wish I could watch it. There was a TV show I liked. Uh, that I watched once back in the day called Murder in Small Town X. It was on Fox. It was a reality show. Very cool, like uh, murder mystery. I was on. It was in Korea, so I got VHS tapes sent to me to watch it. And now you can't find the thing. Like it doesn't even exist anymore. So crazy. You shouldn't have gotten rid of those tapes, Todd. It could be gold. But I'm you know? moving now, Charlie, and I'm doing purge. So there's oh only gosh. like ten VHS lefts. Well, it's exactly my point. So it's like, yeah, as, as as people move and as time goes on and people get married, divorced or whatever it is, or you move houses or somebody, God forbid, has a fire or whatever it is, things are destroyed. You know, the, the, the cloud, the ether is where things will persist. So try to find a VCR these days. Yeah, that's exactly my, like I said, I don't have one. I, I'm sure I could find one in a pawn shop somewhere, but then it's an unreliable piece of junk anyhow. So Say lobby, and again, even like I go through Roku's fairly regularly because they just they're kind of cheap, so they they tend to break down. Uh, I had one in my den, and of course, I have I have fire in the fireplace. If I don't pick that thing up and move it, I actually melted the components of it because it was too close to the fire. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it yeah. will kill your electronics. So your TV, Charlie, might not be a good idea to put it over the fireplace. I mean, you know, it's it's hanging in there, near as I can tell. But anyway, that's yeah, that's my backup <laughs> TV. Not my not my big expensive TV. My, not my nice one. So anyway, so uh, yeah, interesting stuff. But like you said 
said, would love to hear uh, from our listeners. Uh, at us about that. Hit us on Twitter and let us know what's a program uh, or a comic or a book or a movie uh, that you just absolutely love. Like there was a there was a movie that I had never heard of that my old boss when I worked in radio uh, talked to me about called FM, which was one of these weird little, Oof. you know, it was, it was a bunch of weird people. It was funny. The lead guy in it actually ended up being uh, the senator from the first Captain America movie who uh, got Captain America, you know, his, his gig... Uh, Punching out Adolf Hitler 200 times, like weird stuff. But uh, Cleavon Little was in that movie, which was awesome. You know, Cleavon mm. Little from Blazing Saddles. Yep. So. But again, it was out of print for years. And oh, I want a DVD copy of it for 200 bucks. Finally came back into print a couple of years ago, and I was able to pick it up. It's a terrible film, but just the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, just the same, it felt like a victory. But anyway, add us, let us know um, something you're looking for. But with that... We draw the curtain on this little uh, installment of our program. Todd, where can people at you on the internets? Well, only at me if you're going to be nice, but at Jackstra, um, for all things Vikings, pictures of my dog, having fun in the world of nerd, talking to people, having a good time. Uh, And and if you want to game with me, uh, Spartion1998 uh, and Sparty on 98 on PlayStation and Xbox. PlayStation. And me, of course, uh, you can find me over at Twitter at the C3. Spell it out. For all things Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, uh, cosplay, and etc. I also run, uh, along with my wife, April, a great chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club here in Michigan, the USS Grand Petoskey. You can find us across all socials, and we have a great website for that as well. We want to hear from you. With that, I'm going to tell you, as always, friends, thank you for joining us, uh, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. And a truck. More than meets the eye. Meet my, my. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit SecretFriendsUnite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at SecretFriendsU on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.